meni se vekin jasi Dece maju Pojeka bez zadunaj tam djevčenu znaju A ja sede viša Dež moja Maruša 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 Deži da ju dodunaju Na hrbočku hata Stara baba stari didatika hrbata A ja sede viša Dež moja Maruša A ja sede viša Dež moja Maruša A ja sede viša Dež moja Maruša A ja sede Edmonton, that was Magrena from their CD, Beauty is Not Contagious, and that was a story all about Marusia. Dobri večer, dorehi radio suhači, ta vitaju vas vsih na radio peredaču naš holos, radio Krinskoho Korinja, na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri, pri mikrofoni Pavina, djakuju što rišale perebute zimnoju na stupnu hodenu. Hello there and welcome once again to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, or if you're tuning in for the first time, vitaju, welcome, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. We're coming to you, as usual, here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Paula Demchuk-McCory, Pokrinska Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program for you. Uh, we've got, we're going to be digging into the audio archives for a book review that if you haven't read it, um, this is a little reminder. It is all about the Red Prince. As well, we've got Ukrainian Jewish heritage and a tribute in memory of Moise Fishbane. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music, including a brand new tune hot off the presses. It's by Stacey Yerofimova, 
also known now as Nastya Y. She was born in Ukraine and now proudly makes Toronto her home. She's been putting out some really interesting music over the last several years, which Nash Holos has been, in many cases, uh, privileged to debut. And this last song, our most recent song that we just got this past week, is um, a song, a nod to the summer solstice, which is coming up. So I thought this would be a good time to debut this song. And it's got a very interesting history. It, it starts with Nastya driving her car and hearing a Prince song come on the radio. Something twigged with her, and so she started singing ancient Ukrainian polyphonic song elements over Prince's grooves, and this song, Kupalo, was created. The track takes its name from the Slavic celebration of the summer solstice and fertility rituals originating from pagan times. On the night of Kupalo, which is also known as Ivana Kupala, young villagers leap over fires, purify themselves in water, and perform rituals to predict their fates. Here is Nastya now, Nastya Y, with her brand new release, Kupalo.
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shochenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Canada's National Ukrainian Festival returns to Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. It's three incredible days of Ukrainian music, dancing, food, and interactive family fun with amazing dance groups and fantastic party bands on four feature stages. Celebrate Ukrainian culture at the Salah Festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. Order your day, weekend, and camping passes online at cnuf.ca.
a group that is based in Toronto as well as the United States. It's got a mix of American and Canadian Ukrainian singers in the group. Uh, They very successfully managed to do that, (laughs) have two home bases, and provide this wonderful music. They are called Kurinya, which means roots. And that was a spring song, Vesnyanka, kind of staying on the uh, Kupala theme. Um, which, uh, of course, is coming up very soon. Uh, One of the things I learned about Kupala um, some time ago after coming to Vancouver, and uh, quite a few years back, there was... um, a bit of a revival and of the Kupala celebrations, uh, which we did at uh, Dees Island Park, and it was just wonderful. Learned a, a lot about the um, the pagan rituals, which were uh, kind of merged into Christian rituals. It was uh, very interesting, and some of the food um, was it was not like a big Ukrainian feast, like you know that we're used to. Uh, was light food because it's springtime and there's not a lot out there uh, yet uh, for people who lived in this agrarian society uh, back in the day, centuries ago, um, they foraged a lot and uh, picked berries and berries are very, very good in pierogies. And uh, here is Connie Calder, a Saskatchewan folk singer, to tell the story of why you should like pierogies especially the guys. I knew a man who never had any luck at all. He'd go on a date and then he'd wait, patient for her call. But then it seemed his luck had changed and everywhere he went, he had a woman on his arm and they looked so content. I asked him what the secret was that made his life so nice. He said, my Ukrainian grandmother gave me some great advice. She said, if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Cause some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Now some men think that all it takes is a fancy car Some men think that money will make up for who they are Some men think it's flowers and chocolates and you'll score But if they listen to their grandmother, they'd all come back for more Cause you can read of Mars and Venus, you can even pass the test But if you're lucky enough to be Ukrainian, Baba knows best she says if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Everybody now, you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies. It's a universal law. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, 
Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Timothy Snyder's The Red Prince, The Secret Lives of a Habsburg Archduke. Who can resist a romantic Habsburg hero who openly embraces the cause of Ukrainian nationalism in the early 20th century. Wilhelm von Habsburg was such a man. Although he died in obscurity in a Russian prison in 1948, Wilhelm made the creation of a Ukrainian nation the cause of his life. As the son of Archduke Stefan and Archduchess Maria Theresia, Wilhelm led a very privileged life along with his five brothers and sisters. At the time, their family still ruled the Habsburg monarchy, Europe's proudest and oldest realm, stretching from the mountains of Ukraine in the north to the warm water of the Adriatic Sea in the south. Wilhelm's parents had castles on a peninsula called Istria on the Adriatic Sea and in Poland. His father believed that Poland would eventually become a separate entity and would need a Habsburg king. He hoped to be that king. During his time at military school in Moravia, Wilhelm became interested in the idea of a Ukrainian state. Perhaps he could eventually rule Ukraine for the Habsburg monarchy. In 1914, Crown Prince Franz Ferdinand, the Habsburg heir, was assassinated in Sarajevo. World War I followed. Service during wartime was the destiny of Habsburg archdukes. In June 1915, Wilhelm received command of a platoon in a mostly Ukrainian regiment. He soon became one of them by speaking Ukrainian wearing an embroidered shirt under his uniform, and calling himself Vasil. His soldiers nicknamed him the Red Prince because of his support of the Ukrainian peasantry. Eventually, Wilhelm became the diplomatic representative of the Habsburgs in Ukraine. He met several prominent Ukrainians, including Metropolitan Andriy Sheptetsky and Hetman Skoropatsky. At the end of the war, the empire had fallen apart, and the Habsburgs had to give up power. Wilhelm's dream of a Ukrainian nation did not survive. After World War I, Wilhelm was at loose ends. His resources were slim after the fall of the Habsburgs, so he was constantly searching for new sources of income. He promoted various unsuccessful schemes, such as making Ukraine a promised land for European Jews. He left Vienna for Spain to visit his Habsburg relative, King Alfonso. He later moved to Paris, where he continued to promote the Ukrainian cause and live a playboy lifestyle, characterized by excessive drinking, 
homosexuality, and reckless spending. Forced to flee Paris for Vienna after a conviction for fraud in 1935, Wilhelm watched the rise of Hitler and the Nazi party. How would Wilhelm adapt to this new reality? Timothy Snyder weaves in wonderful anecdotes about the Habsburg dynasty into his comprehensive examination of the life of the Red Prince. He does not shy away from the controversial aspects of Wilhelm's life, his homosexuality, his drinking, his scheming, and his short-lived anti-Semitism during the early days of Hitler. Readers will be surprised by Wilhelm's role as a promoter of the Ukrainian nation at a time when such a concept was considered remote at best. It is truly fitting that Snyder concludes his book with an examination of the independent Ukraine which Wilhelm helped to build. It should also be noted that this book was written in 2008. Snyder's praise of Ukraine is ironic. Simply by existing for almost two decades within unchanged boundaries, Ukraine has already proven more durable than most of its predecessors. Who could have imagined that Ukraine's territory of Crimea would be invaded in 2014 by Russia? Timothy Snyder received his doctorate from the University of Oxford in 1997. Before joining the Department of History at Yale in 2001, he studied in Paris, Vienna, and Warsaw. Snyder has written articles for the New York Review of Books, The Nation, The New York Times, and the International Herald Tribune. His award-winning books include Bloodlands, Europe Between Hitler and Stalin, Ukrainian History, Russian Politics, European Futures, and Black Earth, The Holocaust as History and Warning. In 2015, Snyder received the Andrew Carnegie Fellowship as well as the Havel Foundation Prize. He is a member of the Committee on Conscience of the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum as well as the Advisory Council of the YIVO Institute for Jewish Research. The Red Prince is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Jura,
Montreal has been around a long, long time. Uh, one of my favorite girl groups from there. And uh, that is from a vinyl recording. So that's how long they've been around. And uh, the song was called Posiella Baba Conapel, which translates as Baba Grandma Planted Hemp, also known, of course, as cannabis. Up next, another Montreal artist. This is a jazz musician who plays saxophone, and uh, he is connected to another Montreal group called Privit. He's the son-in-law of Marco Bednarczyk of Privit and collaborates with them. And if you hear that great saxophone in their most recent albums, that'll be Bohdan. Here he is now from his own album, Love Letters from the Other Side, and on a little blue street from the past. Sluchite radio programu Naš Holos Radio Krinskoho Kurinja. Primikrofoni Pavlina. You're listening to Naš Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina. 
Canada's National Ukrainian Festival returns to Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. It's three incredible days of Ukrainian music, dancing, food, and interactive family fun with amazing dance groups and fantastic party bands on four feature stages. Celebrate Ukrainian culture at the Salah Festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. Order your day, weekend, and camping passes online at cnuf.ca. Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a tax-deductible donation today. Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water and medications, and when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com, or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. Ми одвіку не скорені ніким і ніколи не здамося сьогодні, щоб нас побороли, стала кривавою наша земля, брати українці, тримаємось війна. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now. Brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. Recently, Jews and Ukrainians alike lost a great advocate for social unity and harmony. On May 26, 2020, distinguished Ukrainian poet and translator Moise Fishbein died in Kiev. He was 73. Fishbane was a prominent Ukrainian writer and translator of Jewish origin. He was a member of the Union of Writers of Ukraine and the Ukrainian Pen Club. He was awarded the Order of Prince Yaroslav the Wise and the Vassil Stus Prize for distinguished contributions to culture and for a courageous civic stand. Fishbane was friends with many distinguished Ukrainian cultural figures as well as prominent Ukrainian Jewish scholars who recall with great fondness and reverence his extraordinary personality and poetic creativity. Well-known Israeli translator Viktor Radutsky, author of a detailed entry about Fishbane in a prominent Jewish encyclopedia, said of him, There is no poet of his caliber in Ukraine, nor will there be for a long time to come. Moise Abramovich Fishbane was born in 1946 in Chernivtsi, a city with an unusual mix of cultures, German, Ukrainian, Jewish, Romanian, Polish, and Russian. Its strong, confident, and well-rooted Jewish population goes back centuries. And rather than becoming Russified, the Jews of Chernivtsi became Ukrainianized. This phenomenon had a significant and lasting impact on the future poet's life and philosophy. While his poetry was influenced by the Jewish experience, Fishbane lived with considerable ease in both the Ukrainian and Jewish worlds. He had a natural ability to fuse the two identities and patriotisms. His life's work illustrated his depth of understanding of the tragic events of World War II, the Holocaust, and the Ukrainian fight against tyranny from East and West. While he did not ignore the reality of anti-Semitism in Ukraine, neither did he consider it worse than anywhere else in the world. 
He preferred to focus on what united the Jewish and Ukrainian people. He was shrewd in spotting outside attempts at creating discord and division between Ukrainians and Jews. Fishbane had a profound respect and deep love for the Ukrainian language and culture. He wrote in Ukrainian, whether he was living in Kiev or Israel. Ukrainian-Jewish author and scholar Yohannan Petrovsky-Stern observed that Fishbane borrowed the concept of the sanctity of the holy tongue from Judaic religious tradition, transformed it into the sanctity of the Ukrainian language, and placed it at the gravitational center of his Jewish-Ukrainian symbolism. Fishbane did not consider himself merely a Ukrainian language poet. He said that God made him what he was, a Ukrainian poet. And a Ukrainian poet was what he would always be. He regarded this calling to champion Ukraine a mysterious divine gift. He said, Ukraine is God-given and God-chosen, and it will survive, for God wants it to survive. I do not know why I, a Jew, was given this knowledge, but I know. As generally happens in the world of art, adversity often births creativity. In Fishbane's case, the difficult conditions of his military service forged his. After being drafted into the Soviet army, he was sent to Siberia. It was during that grim time that Fishbane began writing poetry. His early works were noted, supported, and promoted by the famous Ukrainian author Mykola Bajan. Fishbane's first publication was a selection of poems that appeared in the Ukrainian literary journal Vichizna in December of 1970. In 1976, at the age of 30, Moise Fishbane graduated from the Kiev Pedagogical Institute as a philologist specializing in Ukrainian language and literature. In 1979, to avoid conscription into the KGB, he emigrated to Israel. A few years later, he found work in West Germany. From 1980 to 81, he was a correspondent for a Ukrainian literary journal published in the U.S. and Germany. From 1982 to 1995, he worked at Radio Liberty as a correspondent, commentator, and editor in the Ukrainian service as well as the Russian service. Meanwhile, Fishbane was becoming one of the main figures of contemporary Ukrainian poetry. His articles, interviews, and prose began appearing in Ukraine in 1989. In 1990, the Kiev-based publishing house Veselka issued a Ukrainian-language collection of his children's poems. Parallel translations into Hebrew were done by Israeli poet and translator Manfred Winkler. In 1996, Fishbane's collection, Apocryph, was published in Kiev. It featured poems, translations of poetry, prose, and poems for children. The Ukrainian philosopher and scholar Ivan Zuba called this book Marvelous and Unique, a publication that will undoubtedly be included in the golden treasury of Ukrainian poetry. In the 1990s, Fishbane became very popular in his hometown of Chernitsi, which was proud of its contributions to European literature. Petro Rechlo, a translator and scholar of German literature in Chernivtsi, called Fishbane a masterful stylist and a poet of very high rank. In the early 2000s, Fishbane's popularity grew, 
not least of all because of his almost messianic stance on Ukrainian national revival. He was also noted for his sharp political wit. Ukrainian news agencies often quoted his cleverly worded criticisms of the political regime. In 2004, Fishbane made inroads into a new medium. Members of a popular online journal discussion group competed for the best translation of Fishbane's poetry into Russian and English. Online sources described him in glowing terms. Entries about him appeared in Western encyclopedias. In Ukraine, he was the subject of a Master of Arts thesis. That same year, 2004, presidential candidate Viktor Yushchenko brought Fishbane along on the campaign trail across Ukraine to promote a program of national revival. Professor Wolf Moscovich noted that Moise Fishbane was a person with a good heart who helped people. He also noted that, many years before the Maidan, Fishbane was a premier political Ukrainian of Jewish background. In 1990, with Fishbane's help, Israel became the first country in the world to accept Ukrainian children affected by the Chernobyl disaster. Moscovitz recalls two personal encounters with Moise Fishbane. The first time was around 1992-93 in Kharkiv, at a poetry reading at a local Jewish cultural society. At that time, he was astonished to hear this Ukrainian-speaking Jewish poet in Kharkiv, then a Russian-speaking city. The second time was in 2008 or 2009, when he was an Israeli journalist writing about Israeli-Ukrainian bilateral relations. Fishbane sent him a photograph of a handwritten Hebrew prayer for the health and well-being of President Viktor Yushchenko. It had been written in a Kiev synagogue at Fishbane's special request. Vadim Skurativsky, author of a number of important publications on Jewish issues, noted Fishbane's successful fusion of identities and praised his perfect Ukrainian acoustics. He said, In the poetry of Moise Fishbane, Judaism speaks, for the first time in its history, in Ukrainian. Nonetheless, simultaneous membership in these two worlds, the Ukrainian and the Jewish, and a sense of the intertwinement of both these worlds, did not come easily to Moise Fishbane. Nor did they always bring him spiritual peace. In Viktor Radutsky's opinion, Fishbane's poems recreate the drama of the poet's spiritual tension, which combines boundless passion for Ukraine's existence with the genetic code, the memory of the Jews' fate. One of Moise Fishbane's last poems, written in 2017, references the synthesis of two civilizations. You can read an excellent article about Moise Fishbane's life and work at the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter website. As well, there's a post from 2008 about Moise Fishbane on the Nasholus blog. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
And that was the Pushkin Klezmer Band with Gypsy Stomp and Saratsky Remix. Now, since I'm a big fan of Klezmer music, we're going to have one more Klezmer tune. And this is by Yale Strom. And uh, he is a famous Klezmer artist from New York. And he did a biography of the king of Klezmer, Dave Taras, who has very distinct Ukrainian roots, and I uh, can hear his story again. Uh, we did a feature on Ukrainian Jewish heritage about Dave Terrace back in August of 2018. Here is Yale Strom now with Svalava Kozachok.
Ukrainian girl group called Lubistok with Verkhovena. And before them was Dunai from Toronto with Zadunayim, Beyond the Danube. And our proverb of the week translates as every day makes all of us older. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. Just a reminder that the Nanaimo edition can be heard in the Vancouver listening area on CHLY 101.7 FM and streaming at chly.ca. If you miss the on-air or live stream broadcast, the podcast link is available at our website, www.nashholis.com. There's also a link to our Patreon site there, and I hope you'll consider supporting our work with a monthly donation. Again, that's www.nashholis.com. All our time is about up, so take us to the end of our program. Sluhai with Who Stole the Kishka? I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nashholis and AM 1320, thanks for listening, and Dobranich! <laughs> Someone stole the kishka, someone stole the kishka from the butcher shop. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Someone called the cop. Round the Fermi fully back, it was hanging on the rack. Someone stole the kishka when I turned my back. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Take my rubber boots, but give me back my kishka. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka from the butcher shop? Now Willie found the kishka. Willie found the kishka. Willie found the kishka. He hung it on the rack. He found the kishka. He found the kishka. He found the kishka. Willie brought it back.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.